Hey, uh, would you join me in prayer here? We're going to do, we're going to jump in the word this morning and just hammer home the, the lesson that was brought to us. So Lord, we thank you for your presence here. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are absolutely ministering among us, that you're speaking to people, you're causing their hearts to come alive. They would know your voice. So Lord, my, my prayer this morning is that people would encounter you, that each one of us today would encounter your presence Lord, they would hear your voice, they would believe the truth of who you say they are, Lord. And uh, God, that fear and lies would dissipate, Lord, that that stuff would fall away from lives. I thank you for that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. Um, I'm a naturally curious person. Anybody in here curious? You ever ask questions? Where are the kids at? You ever ask questions to mom and dad? Yes, three of you do. Awesome. I have eight kids, and uh, every one of them, there's a whole phase of their upbringing where the response to anything we say is, anybody know the the word? Why? That's right. Why? (laughs) I love that phase. I enjoy answering questions. Personally, I'm a curious person, so if you ever have a conversation with me, uh, if you ever spend any time in my office, it's not like the principal's office, we'll have a good time. But if you ever, ever come and we ever sit down together, I'm going to ask you lots of questions. And the reason why, especially believers, sometimes, sometimes people that don't yet know Jesus don't really have the answer within them. But believers, Christians, you have the Holy Spirit of God living in you. And the vast majority of time when somebody does not know what to do, or they are facing something they're fearful about, or there's something going on in their lives that they're not quite knowing how to interpret, like the experience of it. You're not understanding what's going on. And those would be reasons why someone would sit down and talk with me. And in those conversations, if the person knows Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives within them, the vast majority of the time, that person already has the answer inside of them. They just don't know how to get at it. Because the Holy Spirit has already spoken to them. The Holy Spirit already has been coaching them. The Holy Spirit has already been pointing them towards truth and revealing what's to come because that's his job. That's what he does. And so my job as their pastor, as your pastor, is to ask you questions and help that to come out of you because you already know what you're supposed to do. It's that people need affirmation. They need help to know, to, to feel confident in making those steps. Did you, does anybody understand what I'm saying this morning? I, went, uh, I was in the military for six years, and uh, when I went to basic training, I realized that drill instructors, they don't enjoy it when fresh recruits ask questions. Excuse me, sir, why would you have us march 10 miles today? That doesn't make sense to me. There's a bus right there. Why don't we just take it? (laughs) Can you imagine how the person whose job is to yell at you all day, what they would do with silly questions such as these? 
in basic training in the military, their job is to intimidate those that the drill instructor, they, they yell at you all day and, and they give you instructions, but their job is to get you to not ask questions, but simply to obey. We don't care what you think. You're just supposed to do what we said. And so if you ask, if you have a question like, hey, or, or maybe you have an idea of a better way to do something. <laughs> You're imagining it, aren't you? Yes, this was my problem in basic training is because I have lots of ideas. And frankly, I think they're good. <laughs> and so, excuse me, sir, I have a suggestion. Why don't we, who are you talking to, airmen? Ah, right, yell you down. Ooh, very quickly you learned not to question authority. Very quickly you learn, ah, my opinions about things and the way I think about things, they're not valued. Some of you are already thinking ahead because you can see where this sermon's going, can't you? Can I tell you that there is always a process to learning truth, that growing in the things of the Lord, that there are things that are, they're, they're absolutely, positively, they're set in stone. They're, they're, they're not shakable. These things, such as Jesus died on the cross for your sins. Jesus rose from the dead on the third day. That he's provided a pathway out of slavery to sin, freedom and liberty into connection with the Heavenly Father. And that through belief in what Jesus did for you through his death and resurrection, that if you put your faith and trust in him, that that door is opened where eternal life, the flow and the connection with heaven now exists. And that in relationship with your heavenly father, that the father gives his spirit to you, puts his Holy Spirit inside of you. And the reason why he puts his Holy Spirit inside of you is so that when you have a question, you can ask it. Now, people who are insecure tend to be afraid when questions get asked, especially church people for some reason. I don't know why religion has been like this in the past, but I can tell you that, thank God, that the Lord is very much alive and active in his church today, and that he's not intimidated at all by your questions. People might be. Authority figures on earth sometimes get insecure about questions, but can I tell you that the Holy Spirit of God is not afraid at all of your questions? And that you should ask away because he wants you to know him truly. That even though you might bump into people who yell at you and scream at you and tell you what to do, that your heavenly father's not actually like that. That he sent his son to provide a way for you to come into actual connection with him, like a good and loving father. When their two-year-old is asking questions, three-year-old wondering why we do this, that instead of resisting and being frustrated that you would ask such a silly question, instead, he looks a lot like Jesus getting upset at his disciples for keeping the kids away. 
it looks like Jesus. This is who your father is. This is who the heavenly father is. He looks just like Jesus, the exact representation of the father. Jesus, where the disciples are trying to keep the kids back from asking questions and don't quit pestering him. Jesus rebukes the disciples. He says, why are you preventing the children from coming to me? This is why I came, to give you access. And so that no, no priest, no pastor, no authority figure, no government official, not even the ones who are closest to you in proximity, no one can stand in the way between your relationship with him. He intentionally took his spirit, the Holy Spirit, and put it inside of you so that there would be no distance and no one could interfere with that connectedness with your heavenly father. That is why there's rejoicing in this season. Because the greatest Christmas gift of all is that he wanted to be with you. He like really wants to be with you. For real. Now, I... This is a, a church that believes in the works of the Holy Spirit. We practice the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the manifestations of the Holy Spirit. We talk often about this kind of thing, and the reason is because God is not static, and he's not hidden in a book. This is not your God. Sometimes people mistake the living God, the actual entity, person, him, for his rule book and assume this is him. This isn't him. No, no, no. This is stories about how he interacted with humanity. But if you mistake it and you start looking at the Bible as if it's the rule book, you'll become a drill instructor to the people who have questions. You'll be mad how stupid society is. Arrgh, kids don't use that word. Don't use that word. <laughs> Silly, thank you. <laughs> At home, my wife corrects me and says, no, no, we don't use that word. It's bottom. <laughs> These words, when you have the Holy Spirit, you read the stories and the Holy Spirit inside of you goes, yeah, I'm just like that. And do you remember today when you were talking with your boss and you had this interaction and a story comes to your mind, the Holy Spirit will take the stories of the Bible and the Holy Spirit will use the Bible as an object lesson so that you understand what God's talking to you about. He'll make the word come alive. So you'll read a story about Jesus, you'll read a story about a miracle, and all of a sudden you will see firsthand in your life how God was doing that same thing with you. Because it's not a rule book and it's not a set of instructions where God is yelling at you if you make a mistake or if you have a question or as if he can't be approached. That's not who your God is. He wants you to draw near. And every time you do, there's joy. Come on. Kids, I don't know what your dad is like when he's busy, but the Heavenly Father is never so busy that you can't approach him, never. Sometimes we take our experiences on earth, like with my drill instructor. 
that sense of intimidation with authority. Sometimes we take that and we superimpose it over people. And, and the emotional experience that's on the inside tells us, ooh, that's a person of authority. I shouldn't go talk to them. Sometimes that happens with you and me. I, this is the one thing I don't like about our building, by the way. The distance between here and there. This room is bigger, and so we had to move the platform up. And the, the other room, the platform's at like six inches tall, and the, that was intentional. We weren't trying to create separation. This is literally just because of the style of this room. I don't like this because this feels like, oh, there's a person on a podium and there's distance. Listen, you and I, us, we are on a journey together. You and I, us, this family, this church is on a journey together. God has taken us. This is 20 years of ministry going on, 15 years as a church, 20 years of ministry in this, this region, though. God's got us on a journey, and there's not a difference. There's a, the presence of the Holy Spirit. He, him, he's the one guiding us. He's the one who's unlocking the scriptures to us as a family. He is the one who points to and reveals who Jesus is. And you're not needing an appointment to converse with him. He lives in you. Now, you might need some help every once in a while. You should talk to our pastors and whatever. That's wonderful. But really, well, our job is to ask you questions to help draw out of you what God already said to you. Because that's what Jesus said the Holy Spirit is like. I'm going to read just a few verses here to make this a legal meeting, okay? <laughs> this is Jesus' description of who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit would do, okay? Jesus' words, not mine, so don't be mad at me. John 14, we'll put it up on the screen for you, right? Here we go. The Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things. All. Not some of the things you'll learn from your pastor. All. Because I've found this to be true, and I know you know it's true, but you don't always say this to me, is that you don't agree with everything I say. I'm good with that. If you didn't have an opinion, I would think there's something wrong with our church. If we come together for the sake of agreement, mm, that's a bummer, because that's a really low level of connectedness. It's kind of the lowest level of connectedness. Uh, do you agree with all of your family members? Is that why you didn't go to Thanksgiving this year? If it was, that's a bummer. Right? You don't cease to be a family because you disagree with something that somebody said. How silly is that? How selfish and weird? Come on, what are you doing? However, we treat churches like that. Don't treat your church like that. It's a community that you're growing with, you're walking with. The point is not the truth and one thing that we all believe together and that's why we're here. That's not the point. The point is that we, as a community, are taking a journey. And you, with the Holy Spirit living inside of you, you're not needing me over your shoulder telling me you what to do. How weird would that be? Really weird. Parents, our role with our kids is not to tell them everything they're supposed to do and believe. Our role as kids, with, as parents, is to help our children be able to make decisions in a healthy way. To empower them and en enable them to learn how to hear God's voice for themselves. 
So that when you leave this planet, hopefully many, many, many years from now, the Holy Spirit, who will never leave them and never, never forsake them, will be right there coaching them through the rest of their life. Is anybody alive in this room? Come on, you good? All right. He teaches you all things. He brings to remembrance. <laughs> I love this one. It's like your mother in your ear. He reminds you of everything that he said. Didn't I tell you? <laughs> but don't add the tone, okay? The high-pitched squeal. That's, that's not him. Okay, this, the Holy Spirit is so, man, every time I sit down to have a quiet time, I spend time with Jesus, I have, I intentionally bring a little notepad with me, sometimes post-it notes. If you go in my office, my office is like filled with these post-it notes. If you ever wonder what that is, this is what it is. When I spend time with the Lord, I have like a tablet or post-it notes, something like that next to me, because as soon as I begin to interact with the Lord, as soon as I do, I will start to have streams of thought. Hey, did you remember to do fill in the blank? Right? And it will feel way off course. Like, hey, God, I'm here to meet with you, and we're reading this section of scripture today. But as soon as I sit down to meet with God and to talk to him, all of a sudden he's talking to me about life. And I'll have thoughts, and they feel disconnected and weird, but this is what I've realized is that the Holy Spirit is working in me all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and he's reminding my, my conscious thoughts and my subconscious world. He's keeping me on track because there are things that are really, really important that you don't necessarily feel are important, but Lord was involved in those things. Like honoring your wife when she asked you to go get eggs and you totally forgot about it, but when you sit down to have a quiet time, all of a sudden it's top of mind. Where did that come from? That is why I carry a notebook. Genius, man, you should learn this one. <laughs> Go buy eggs. Man, see, listen, this is what happens. I spend time with Jesus, and he will tell me things. He'll show me things. He'll remind me of things. Not just the revelation of heaven, but he is with me in life. He's interacting with me, very much alive. And so I will leave my quiet time with a list of things that I just hadn't thought of, things that he reminded me of, all sorts of things. It's all there. And revelatory encounters with the Lord. But as soon as I write it down, it can leave my formal thinking. And my brain goes back to fully engaging the Lord. Are you with me? Can I tell you that the Lord is in the practical? He's not just in the spiritual. He very much loves you. He's like a dad, like a mom. He is with you in this. So just engage him like that. John 16, 7. I tell you the truth. It's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and judgment. He'll convict the world of sin concerning sin because they do not believe in me. Convict the world of righteousness concerning righteousness because I go to the Father and you no longer see me. And concerning judgment because the ruler of this world has been judged. The Holy Spirit is the one who helps you to see if you're off course. Look up here real quick. If this becomes your rule book, man, you're going to spend half, probably a lot more than half your life feeling guilty. Wondering what you did wrong. 
if I only knew more, then I would know all the things I'm doing wrong so I could change it. If you treat God's word as a rule book, you're going to live an existence like the Holy Spirit's a drill instructor. You'll approach God like that. That's not who he is. The Holy Spirit convicts you of sin. What that means is this. You're walking with God. The word sin literally means to miss the mark. That's what sin is. It's not you did something wrong. It's you're off course. Has anybody in here ever used Siri or uh, GPS to get someplace? Anybody in here drive with an electronic device telling them where to go? Anybody? Bueller. That was an 80s reference if anybody wanted to know. Anybody? Okay. I mean, seriously, how many in here actually still use a paper map? Anybody? That's, yeah, no, none of you. None. <laughs> it should be like a class in school, right, to learn how to use a paper map because we, if the internet crashes, we're all lost, right? Literally. Okay. Every pun intended there. Okay, check this out. Like a GPS tell, that tells you where to go, like Siri, you go, hey, I'm going to this place, and then instructions come as you're driving. Take the next left turn, right? Although it's a, like a polite British voice for mine, you know. I tried the Irish accent, and eh, don't work, doesn't work. An, an Irish Siri doesn't, doesn't come out the way you think it will. But, but you're, you're driving and you have a turn coming up. What's, what happens if you're in the wrong lane? You miss the turn. Does, does the GPS start yelling at you? What are you doing? What is your major malfunction? Ah, right? It comes through the radio screaming at you. You did it wrong. No. The screen just pops up, recalculating. And the little voice goes, at the next stoplight, make a U-turn, blah, 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 right? And it just, it just, the Holy Spirit does not get mad at you when you get off course, which is what sin is. That's not how his response, not his reaction. Okay, what if you're like, you know what, Siri, I'm not going to take a left turn. Right? You're like, I've done this before, actually. <laughs> Can you tell me what to do? <laughs> right? And what happens? It just recalculates to get you where you're trying to go. There's no, it's not emotional. It's not a roller coaster. That is not who your God is. Your God does not get upset and angry and you violated my will and rah, here's the fire of God to teach you a lesson. This isn't how the Holy Spirit works. He is with you to lead you into truth, to help you. He's the one who convicts you of sin. He's the one who tells you if you're off course and he does so by continuing to point you to your destiny. That's what prophecy is. That's why we prophesy. Not to point out what's wrong with people or where they're going wrong, but instead to go, hey, God says that that's who you are over there. So what's the deal? You're kind of taking right turns and you're supposed to go left. Like, that's who you are. That's what the prophetic is. It points to the reality of who God says you are. And the person now has liberty to make choices to get them to what God said to do. Liberty, freedom, truth. It liberates you. It sets you free. 
That's what the conviction of the Holy Spirit feels like, by the way. So if you are feeling bad and condemned and weird about, oh, man, I screwed up this week. Ah, you should stop yelling at yourself because that's not how the Father is talking to you. And the when, then when you're dealing with other people who are messing up, you'll carry your own thought process to them and you'll represent the Father in a poor way. Christians just keep pointing at who God says they are. When you do that, it's amazing, the human mind. Recalculating. Oh, I know how to get there. If I had a mic. <laughs> Last verse. But he, verse 16, or chapter 16, verse 13. When he, the Holy Spirit of truth, comes, he'll guide you into all truth. He'll not speak on his own initiative. Man, I love that phrase. That means your father is involved. Sometimes I'll send a message through a child to another child. I'll say, hey, can you go tell so-and-so I need them to take out the garbage? I need to whatever. Right? How that child communicates to the other one doesn't always represent my heart. Sometimes it gets lost in translation. <laughs> it's amazing how tone is actually important. The timber of one's voice, yeah? You know? The Holy Spirit doesn't speak on his own initiative. Whatever he hears, he'll speak. He'll disclose to you, he'll make known to you what is to come, the future. He's going to glorify Jesus. He takes of what is mine, Jesus says, and he discloses it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of what is mine and he discloses it to you. Friends, I don't know what your last season looked like, but it would be very easy to misinterpret what's going on in the world and superimpose your thoughts about the drill instructor God or the political God or the God who refuses to walk with people but only wants to walk with people that agree with him. See, sacred cows right there. Ooh, let's kick that one over. There are all sorts of things that we superimpose onto God and we go, that's what God's doing in our day when it's nonsense. Don't allow the drill instructor yelling of the world and the accusations of the enemy to pollute your heart. Don't do it. For God so loved the world. Not God so loved the Christians. God so loved the world. Isn't it interesting, though, how we are like, we're the chosen and you're the rejected. Isn't that weird? Doesn't that feel like playground games where we're just messing with people? How we're not representing who our Father is. But if you'll pay attention to the Holy Spirit, oh, he'll lead you. He'll help you here. He'll disclose to you the future. You know what that means? That means we must be in the end times and things are going to get darker. And so your expectation is for the bad things. Ah! 
right? In the corner, the devil's going to get you, ah, right? And then fear creeps into your heart. And so then when you're making decisions about your future, your heart's not clear. You're making decisions based off of fear. How do you get where you're supposed to go when you're believing the lie? Holy Spirit will disclose to you the future. And can I tell you, when the Holy Spirit talks to you about your future, it doesn't have fear on it. It doesn't have anger on it. Oh, I can just feel the disappointment of God. God is not disappointed in you. It's not who God is. This is not how he responds to your heart that's off course. If I can impart something to you today, it's this. For crying out loud, I wish we would have made a thousand of these things and sent them home, made you take them home in an awkward way in your car today. <laughs> Hang it over your bed at night so that you're looking at it and you're forced to remember. You alive? When you said, I believe in Jesus, man, you get the whole thing. And your journey of faith might, maybe it doesn't feel like this right now. That's okay. The Holy Spirit knows how to get, where you, get you where you're supposed to go. So fear, you can let go of. He'll disclose to you the future. What that means is this. He will put on your heart the things that you need to do before you get to them. He will give you, he'll, he'll, he'll release to you the provision of what you're gonna need before you get there. So when you step into a situation, you're like, oh no, I don't know what to do. And I don't know if I have the stuff. I don't know if I can do it. I'm not sure. Understand that those were lies. Because he already gave it to you. He put you in that situation. He taught you things way long ago. They're in your heart, they're all there. You just gotta draw them out. Don't be afraid. Fear shuts people down. Fear makes people act really, really weird. Goodness, people act weird when they're afraid. Should I? Shouldn't I? Like, I don't know if I should. And those feelings shut people's brains down. It locks them out of their hearts. And the Holy Spirit's been there the whole time talking to you about what you should do, giving you confidence, helping you. Trust. Trust. We're going to do something today, right? We're going to, you know, throw our stones to the ground. Stop throwing them at each other. Right? And I want you just to take your hands. And I just want you to hold them before you open. Okay? And we're literally just going to pray in this moment because God is here. Young ones, kiddos, man, you guys know this way better than we do because you're not in charge. And so you've had to live life open-handed. It's the adults that need to learn. I want you to open your hands and I want you to open your heart this morning and we're going to pray a very simple prayer and I'm going to invite you to pray it along with me, okay? I'm going to pray it out loud and you should pray with me and do it in sincerity. It's going to sound a lot like a salvation prayer. The word salvation literally means to be whole healed. Holy healed. Fully. Mind, body, soul, the whole bit. Salvation of the Lord, what he provided, man, we need, we need God to work in his body and remove the barriers and the judgments and the anger and the resentment and 
Oh, I heard he believes this. And then you, like a stone, like, what are you doing? Do you want to have Christmas dinner or not? The heck are you chucking rocks at your family for? Because they disagree with something. Come on. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would come upon your people. We invite you here, Lord. Come and have your way. Holy Spirit, you are with us and you're in us and you're leading us as a people, yes, but as individuals. And, and so, Lord, my prayer this morning for every heart, every person, Lord, if they don't know you, that they would come to know you. And so even, Lord, as we pray this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, you would disarm the fear that you would help and enable each person to come into belief, Lord, so that we can step through this, Lord, the, the provision you've given to us, Jesus. We would receive. Okay, church, I want you to pray with me now. Father in heaven, thank you for sending Jesus. That he disarmed the enemy. And he was victorious on my behalf. And today, I choose to place my trust in Jesus that he did it for me. And so I receive his death as payment for my sins. Please forgive me, Lord. I surrender to you. Come into my life. Be my Lord, be my Savior, be my friend. I trust you, Jesus. Yeah, someone needs to say that again because the walls have been up in your heart recently and you're like, man, I don't even know if I can trust God. And maybe that's even a statement that you've said to yourself because it's not going the way you planned or the way that you wanted. But I'm here to tell you, recalculating. The Holy Spirit knows how to get you where you're supposed to go. You have to trust him. It doesn't matter whose fault it was. You took a wrong turn, someone else took a wrong turn. Doesn't matter, don't blame, put the stones down. Recalculating, he knows how to get you there. Remember what he said to you. The Holy Spirit's really good at reminding. So Holy Spirit, I'm asking right now that you would remind us. Come on, would you repeat after me? I trust you, Lord. I surrender to you. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray this morning that you would fill and you would touch each heart, youngest to the oldest, that our lives would be lived for your glory. I bless your people today that the fullness of all that God has for you, that you would see it in your days. You'd see it. You'd live out your best life, not for selfish reasons, but because it's who God destined you to be the full and best version of who he created you to be would come forth in these days. Don't be afraid of the days. Don't be afraid of the darkness. You burn with brightness. You're full of light. You are shining in these moments. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come upon your church. You would anoint them. You'd overshadow them. That your power would be seen in and through them and you would be manifest. Your presence would touch hearts and lives. Father, I pray that the the divisive uh, voices would be removed, Lord God, that, that the, the, the division that's entered into the hearts of families, Lord, that that would be removed this day, that you would bring healing. 
I pray by the blood of Jesus that every work of the enemy that sought to disrupt marriages and destroy connection with kids and has injured families, that every work of the devil would come down by the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you overshadow families, all extended families, Lord, everyone that is connected to this house, Lord, let there be a ministry of your life that goes forth. Thank you, Lord. Heal them and guide them. Encourage them, strengthen them, Lord. Most of all, Holy Spirit, would you help each one to confidently trust and know the love of the Father. I thank you for these things. I bless your people today. May the Lord bless you. Come on, would you receive this today? Actually, would you stand to your feet? I want you to receive it. Be bold this morning. Receive this blessing, would you? Come on, those hands out. I bless you today. The fullness of all that God has for you, the blessing of the Lord be upon your life. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. He be the one who protects you and holds you. May the Lord guide your path. May he be so favorable to you. Everywhere you go, his favor would shine forth, his countenance. And he'd be gracious to you. You would know his goodness in these days. And that peace would govern your hearts and minds. You would never again be found in anxiety, in anger, fear. Those things would be far from you. That your heart and your mind would be held in peace. Everywhere you go, you would advance this kingdom. I declare this today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody who dared to agree with that said, come on, can we give a good clap to the Lord today?